Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Lockdown Golden Knights. VGK versus its first big road test tonight in Calgary. Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco along with uh, Chris Golick. You can find us on Twitter at Tony Dasco, at TD Chris G, at Lockdown VGK. And please make sure to subscribe to our new YouTube channel, Lockdown VGK. And thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Our podcast free and available wherever you subscribe or get your podcast. And uh, Chris, the Golden Knights head coach, Bruce Cassidy, you like that I call them Calgary. Uh, Bruce Cassidy says the Saddle Dome in Calgary is always a lively barn. VGK plays the Flames tonight. This could be their biggest road game road test to date at the Saddle Dome. And Cassidy himself calls it a test against a playoff team, although, as we know, a lot of the pieces from last year are gone. But uh, many do believe that Calgary could contend for the, the President's Cup. Uh, Johnny Cadreau is gone. Uh, Matthew Kuchuk gone. Nazim Kadre he signed that deal in the offseason as a free agent. Uh, the Kuchuk deal netted the Flames. Uh, Jonathan Huberdeau, defenseman Mackenzie Weger, who signed that uh, eight-year, $50 million contract as soon as he arrived. Uh, again, this is a good deal. Cole Schwint, um, the first-round pick they also got. This deal could turn out well for both teams, I feel. And I checked in with Kuchuk. He has a couple of goals two assists already for Florida through three games. Uh, VGK and Calgary uh, have yet to lose a game, so this is a pretty decent game. It's a barometer test, right, for the VGK tonight. And the Golden Knights 3-0, we saw where Calgary is 2-0. They actually won on opening night for the first time since 2009. And so they beat uh, the Avalanche. Avalanche were playing a back-to-back, not fair. And they also beat Edmonton the other night. Uh, what do you see from these changes for Calgary? Is this going to be a better team overall? If we're going to acknowledge the changes for uh, the Flames, I think it's important to acknowledge their GM, Brad, traveling, tray living, traveling, tray living. I'm not sure if I'm getting that right, folks. But the point being is we, we refer to him as Brad. Okay, Brad, BT, GMBT. There we go, GMBT. The tray living plan. Hashtag, if you will, Trillita <laughs> plan. Um, you got to give their GM a ton of credit in the world for what they went through this offseason with Johnny Goudreau leaving, with Matt Kachuk leaving. I mean, you have two of, you know, these are what, top 15 players in the NHL, maybe even top 10 players in the NHL, just getting up and leaving. There's more to the story always, folks, but lack of a better term, their number one and their number two said, peace out, get us out of here. They still get to to bring in Huberdeau and Kadri. Depending on how the season shakes out for the Flames, GMBT will wind up being the GM of the year, no doubt in my opinion, as long as they have a serviceable season. Uh, if, they win the, if they win the Pacific, I think that is going to be your GM of the year, no questions asked. The Flames are always a fun team, right? They're always a very interesting team to me, just simply because of Daryl Sutter. If Folks, you don't know anything about Daryl Sutter. First of all, he's probably the best coach in, in the NHL right now, at least from, from my money. 
But go on YouTube and just type in Daryl Sutter. There's a Y somewhere in there for Daryl. But uh, type in Daryl Sutter and his facial expressions. There's just random YouTube videos of weird expressions he makes and funny answers he gives in, in, um, in, in the pressers and stuff like that. Just a real fun guy. Always enjoyed the Flames. As far as the game tonight, yeah, this is the first big test. Um, the notable that I saw is I think uh, Calgary scored five goals and four goals, respect, respectively, in their first couple of games. They've also given up three goals in each of their games. So their defense, again, where this is the the, the not-too-early um, knee-jerk reactions, if you will, after just a couple of games played. But they are giving up some goals right now. Um, the Coach uh, Casty did allude this is going to be a very heavy game as far as the two fourth lines go. Uh, they did mention there's going to be a lot of pucks sent in. Calgary is more of a dump and chase, get the puck deep type of team. So there's going to be a lot of emphasis on the breakouts. And most importantly, that first pass that you make during the breakouts. That obviously is where defensemen make their money. Defensemen make their living doing two things. One, obviously defending. That's the easy answer. But the second most important thing a defenseman can do is be a part of a good breakout. So a lot of pucks coming in deep, a lot of uh, old school hockey tonight from uh, the Flames, as you'd expect from uh, anytime you have a Sutter involved behind the bench. And this is the first good test going up to the Saddle Dome. That Man, that 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 arena! Oh my goodness, never been there. It's, but it's a barn. It's a it, barn. It's, it, it, it is. I mean, you call if, arenas barns? Do you? Um, the first time I the same to an guy that calls sticks twigs. Don't don't get into. Don't ever call them twigs. Okay. No, but the first time I walked into a place and said this is a barn was um wherever the Syracuse Crunch play. Oh, that is um, a barn. It, it's a barn all day. It's it, it's it, it's an old like war it's an old like war coliseum type place. There's there's even like a stage so they can do plays on the one side. Like it's it's as old school <laughs> as it gets. That's the place where I was looking. It's down like an armory, in. right? Like one of those old yeah, school exactly. armories. Exactly. Yeah. When I looked down, um, I was sitting. Now we're already already off stride in segment one, folks. It's Tuesday, but um, I was sitting for the game directly across from the visiting team's bench. And I looked down during intermission. There's one of the players sharpening his skates. Like you can see right down the, into the locker room and all that. That's how that, – that it, it's such an AHL arena, but a cool place to go if you're ever uh, out east to catch a game. Uh, Cassidy said that yesterday that they are still sorting through, as you mentioned, like rush reads, three-on-three. Three. They practiced uh, – they also practiced five-on-five. Five. Uh, defensively, is the structure starting to take shape? Uh, Cassidy also mentioned that the goalies – are bailing out the defensemen a lot of the times. Again, he said there's been no bad goals that they've given up uh, through three games this season. Uh, they've The defensemen have been out of place, and the goalies are coming up with some big saves, making big plays. Uh, do you think that they will tighten up the defense even more in game number four on the season? They're going to do the best that they can, but as far as defensemen being out of place, you have to give some some props to the team you're playing against. These are... This is best on best. It doesn't matter if it's Seattle, Vegas, Calgary, Vegas, Edmonton, Vegas, and Chicago or Vegas. These are the best players in the world, and they're going to make you look silly. It doesn't matter if it's a top, you know, two team as far as points go or, you know, a bottom feeder type team like we expect the Blackhawks to be, even though they played us pretty strong uh, at the at T-Mobile at last Thursday night. So the structure is important being in the right place. And I don't think there's a major concern as far as defense and being out of place goes right now. I just think this is, you know, the first three games, everyone is still kind of finding their way um, to back up your statement. Yeah. Cassidy did allude to some concerns here and there, but nothing, uh, 
nothing too major. It, it, it was kind of fun going back to the pressers yesterday, hearing all the players mentioning their their day off on the road, right? So they were somewhere uh, in Seattle watching all the football games and stuff like that, having a good time. And, uh, you know, it, it's good to see about these team building, team bonding type activities taking place. There's, for whatever reason, outside of Vegas, people think that there's concerns with the culture of this team over what's happened with the trades and stuff like that. But again, I go back to that softball game, Tony, and everything else that happens with players, you know, staying here all summer long and things like that. There is, there, there could be some issues outside of culture around the team, but as far as the culture and the way the players get along, this is a very close team. It's been that way since day one. And it, it just, this is not just another small example. I'm going to ask you maybe a loaded question, but uh, was Max Pacioretty, was Robin Leonard, were those players, were those two players locker room uh, disruptors, if you will? I think Max Pacioretty did not fit in. From day one, right? From absolutely from day one. Max Pacioretty, and this is not a knock on Pacioretty by any means. No, he's just a serious, serious guy. Exactly. He is business first, and he's – He's you on Halloween giving kids the toothbrushes saying, you're going to thank me for this later. As far as um, Robin Leonard goes, I think Leonard gets a bit of a raw deal outside of the locker room. I think inside the locker room, the players do appreciate him. I think he is tight with his teammates, but he is not the type to, you don't see the the fun side. And, and to be fair, I don't know who does outside of the locker room, but we don't see a lot of the fun side of Robin Leonard on the ice. You don't see it in the weird things. Like all the players are doing fun things and these goofy videos like that they show before the game starts like that. I don't think I've ever seen Robin Leonard in one of those types of videos or things like that. It's just not his character, but I do think the players play hard for him. I think the players do compete for Robin Leonard. Um, but last year, a lot of weird things did happen and he just lost that spark and that did carry through the rest of the team. But I would not at all characterize Robin Leonard as locker room cancer or go that far. No, I'm just saying that again, with everything that happened last season, again, it's a distraction of sorts, right? In the the locker room for, for the VGK. I see Jack Eichel as an NFL place kicker. That's how I see him. He's just kind of off in his own world, sort of. He gets along with his teammates, but he is just so serious about his own game, more or less. And those those guys are always a little quirky, I think. That's just how I see him. Okay, that's interesting. I'll give it. It took me a second, Tony, but I'll give that. I'll give you that one. That's good. Oh, good. I'm glad. I get kudos for once. Send me oh. some flowers. Uh, Bruce Cassidy did wow. not like the way that VGK closed out the game in Seattle. Okay, uh, again, they gave up a couple of goals, but sometimes those sort of finishes do carry over are you concerned about the way that vgk closed out that game in seattle or were they just an autopilot at that time you got a five nothing lead going to the third the game is absolutely over they didn't give up the first goal until six minutes left or something like that there's absolutely no concern i think that's just cassidy being a coach trying to send a message to the media at that point, if the players do kind of watch that sort of thing, just kind of saying, Hey, we got to tighten up a little bit there. We expected that push and they got a couple of goals. You know, I think that was a little more of a canned situation, but you're up five, nothing. The game is over. The energy in the arena is sucked dry at that point. Go through the motions, get out of there. If they get it to five to three, then maybe there's a little bit of a different way to look at it. You know, 
but five to two when their first goal came with six something minutes left. And I forgot when the second goal even came there. There's no concern there. It's hard to keep your foot on the gas that long. A concern last year, Tony, we've talked about this was once they did get leads was, was finishing games, was delivering that finishing blow, keeping uh, keeping your foot on the other team's throat, for lack of a better term. But we wouldn't say that about a hockey player because they wear skates and that would be really bad. But going back to a game like this, just they they did deliver the finishing blow. That game was over as soon as the fourth goal came, let alone the fifth goal. So no concerns at all. All, uh, all systems go going to Calgary. One of my astute followers last night was asking about Mark Stone. Uh, he has a goal and an assist and uh, had the goal against the Kings. Maybe perhaps he re-injured himself on that celly. Who knows? But uh, he also had the assist on the power play against Seattle the other night. Uh, but that block shot against Chicago, uh, he was down, and he was also questionable going into the Seattle game. I don't recall where he got hit or what had happened on the block shot. I saw it. I saw it. Okay. But so, so where is he at? You were at that game? And uh, so what happened? Where did he get hit? And is he still feeling some effects of that? And hopefully it's not it's not the back. He says the back is fine. So I'm trying to remember if it was a block shot or something else that occurred. So there was something I'm going back to the motions in my head right now. We we sit we sit in 217. So closest to us is the visiting bench. Farthest from us is the home bench. We sit on the penalty box side. It was something right around the blue line of the side that VGK were their benches. I can't recall if it was second or third period. But point being, he was down on the ground for a second. He was down on the ground. He was really slow to get up. I looked at Chris and the people around me. I said, guys, I think Stone is uh, – he, he's getting up slow right now. He's getting up slow right now. And he was in a weird position because the play went the other way. He was slow getting back. And then all of a sudden, an outlet pass comes right to him, a big stretch pass that that covered uh, all three lines, so to speak, the way he accepted the pass. And he was slow with it. He was slow okay, moving I, the puck. I, I Something was bothering the, Yeah, I remember the sequence a little bit because twice in a row, he was in position and got long stretch passes, right? That was in the third period, I have to believe. But I don't recall what had happened, you know, prior to those two stretch passes. I and I was surprised the block he didn't, shot at that never, particular yeah, he never accelerated. Just, didn't accelerate toward the goal. Exactly, Tony. It was something, something was wrong at that point. And again, this isn't concern over him having some crazy injury. This happens, folks. This is NHL hockey. You're getting crushed by someone 240 and six foot five or a puck coming 95 miles an hour. It's going to, it's going to sting and there's going to be some, some laboring afterwards. Um, but there was concern immediately when it happened. I looked at Chris said, I'm, I think Stone's hurt right now. And he might've been hurt for a second, might've been a little bit sore. And these players are going to be questionable on and off the entire, um, the entire season. That's the nature of this team, folks. We have to accept the fact that we have probably one of the oldest rosters, at least top 10 oldest rosters in the NHL coming into season six, year six of our brand new expansion team. We have an old roster. So it's interesting going back to Seattle, comparing the path the VGK is on. They do well in season one, so now they want to put together a winning team versus what Seattle is doing, and they come slow out of the gates. They trade their assets away throughout the year to get more draft picks. They have a solid draft, getting multiple pieces. They bring in some talent to help develop those pieces, and this is where VGK is. So I really want to bookmark starting from seasons four, compare the season four Seattle against the season four VGK, 
season five versus season five. And then right now, our six versus their six. And just to kind of see where the teams are on their path and who is farther along. Coming up next, we can expect a battle royale, especially between the fourth lines. We'll uh, dissect what's happening tonight. The fourth lines of each team are pretty big. It should be a lot of fun. It's coming your way next right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Hey, if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of the life's greatest joys. And guess what? There is a new flavor. Are you ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough. That's right, covered in chocolate. Built has done it once again. And let me introduce you to a new favorite of both Chris's and mine, Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs are only 160 calories. They have a whopping 15 grams of protein in each of them. Run to Built.com today and snag a box for you, for the family. It is the perfect treat for Halloween. For Halloween, that's a great idea. Or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. And again, all Built Bars, like the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. And what's great about Built is that all of their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So eat something that tastes good and is also very good for you. We have an offer for all of you out there tuning in. Go to Built.com, and you should use the promo code LOCKED15. You will get 15% off of your order. Use the, pro- lock, uh, use the promo code LOCKED15, LOCKED ON15, I should say. It's LOCKED ON15, and go to Built.com today and get 15% off of your order. Welcome back on Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. And, Chris, uh, the game within the game tonight. I'm looking forward to this. I don't know why I got so pumped up. Uh, but I'm looking forward to the battle of the fourth lines, the heavies, right? So you got uh, Carrier, Wa, and your guy, Colasar, who finally hit the net the other night against uh, the the Flames on that fourth line now. You have uh, Milan Lucic. Uh, The center is Kevin Rooney, who I know a lot about, the former Ranger. And you have Brett Ritchie. And we could expect some banging, some hitting, (laughs) probably from the get-go, because Bruce Cassidy likes to start the fourth line. We saw them with that very quick 12-second goal the other night in Seattle. And, uh, you know, Rooney was with my Rangers. i got to tell you one thing. Uh, he is a very good four checker and he's very good on the penalty kill. And I think that missing complimentary piece is going to perhaps hurt the Rangers, I think, in the long term. But talk about this matchup between the heavy lines. The fourth line, it's, I think, will start there. So I'm, I'm looking at um, at Luchik's stats, first of all, here. Just curious what type of numbers he puts up. Yeah, actually, he's a uh, 10 goals, 11 assists, 10 goals, 13 assists. So. He does put up some points, actually. I was I was wondering if he was more along the the Ryan Reeves type of side, but he's as strong and as good of a fighter as Ryan Reeves is. But he's going to score. He's going to have about five hundred percent more offensive output. So there's certainly a place for someone like Luchik. Not not as much maybe as Ryan Reeves, unfortunately, these days. But that's a big dude, and that's someone that if he if someone if VGK needs to answer the bell tonight. 
I guess the question is who's going to do it when Luchich is out there tapping on your shoulder, giving you a stick in the gut, trying to get you to fight. Carrier, he would get absolutely demolished. Nick Wobb, God no. And that leaves, I mean, Paul Cotter might just do it out of, for lack of a better term, I hate to use this word, stupidity. Um, and then otherwise, that leaves Colasar. And I'm not, I'm not knocking our guys, just Lucha, he's is he is a top three, top four type fighter in the NHL. Uh, his hitting style is, he'll take a dumb penalty or two. That's also in his, uh, in his repertoire. He's, he's a little like a poor man's Tom Wilson type, I guess, out there as far as just that instigating ability that he has. And as far as line four against line four, that's, that's the spot where VGK has to watch out because we don't have an answer for him if he does want to start taking liberties out there. Obviously, we hope the, the officials are watching for the late hits and things like that. And the after the whistle scrums, but he's the type he'll get right in there. He'll grab your, uh, he'll grab your chin strap. He'll grab you by the ear, you know, socket down there on your helmet and, and just start tugging away. And I think the, <laughs> I think the VGK is going to hope that there's not a spot where someone needs to answer the bell with him because he'll, he'll demolish someone. He will absolutely demolish anyone on this team. And this goes back to your concern, Tony. And we've also had some, some of our uh, followers on Twitter and on YouTube mentioning that we don't have an answer type player for, you know, Luchik, for Reeves, for all these players out there that will absolutely just demolish someone. I mean, let's say one of our, you know, defensemen or something like that. I mean, Nick Hague's not going to go up against him or Braden McNabb for that matter, but, you know, we lay a big hit on someone. Uh, someone someone takes out Nazim Kadri early in the game, right? You know something's going to happen later, and that's the spot that I hope our VGK doesn't have to be in. Does VGK need an enforcer? I mean, I don't know where you would put them in the lineup. You're going to sit Paul Cotter? You're going to sit Carrier? You're going to sit Colasar? Maybe. But how are you going to answer that? So, yes, the game within the game, the fourth line versus fourth line. Our fourth line needs to win with finesse and play through – the Flames' fourth line of checking, if that makes sense. Yeah, and if Bruce Cassidy has it his way, he wants his team to be more gritty, right? He wants them to mix it up and to fight and to scrap. And they played a very good game against the boards, we have to add as well, the other night. We're also going to see, Chris, a match between the Stone Brothers. So Mark, of course, of VGK, Michael, back on his fourth one-year contract. Four years. He signed a one-year contract again, and he just keeps hanging in there. And and Michael has played no more than I think I read thirty-three games in a season. Uh, no more than that. He had uh, a goal and a couple of assists against Edmonton the other night, and that's going to be pretty interesting to watch. I'm looking forward to that. And then we also have the battle of the centers. You know, you talk about strength up the middle. Okay, look at these four line centers: Michael Stevenson. Carlson and Wah. And then you have on the other end, you have Elias Lindholm, Nazim Kadri on the second line. You have Michael Beckland and Kevin Rooney. <laughs> this is quite a matchup if you're just looking at the centers alone. Uh, and the four lines, two teams tonight that we're going to see rolling four lines. There's a reasonable chance, folks, we're looking at a first or second round playoff matchup, too. That's another thing to consider with the way the playoffs are structured. Um, you have your top two, your, your, your division winners, they play the wild card teams. And then second and third place in each respective division play against each other. So let's just fast forward 79 games from now or so, 
Edmonton wins the division, the Flames and Golden Knights go second and third. This could be a very interesting preview of a playoff matchup that would feature a ton of talents, a ton of talents. Um, we got the edge on the goaltending side. I, I would feel comfortably saying we, we would have the edge on the goaltending. So I shouldn't say that yet. It's too early. As of right now, I like our chances on the goaltending and defensive side. But these two teams playing each other in a seven-game series, it would be uh, it would be a lot of fireworks. It would be a lot of uh, physical play and a lot of deep skill, as you alluded to, on the on the center side. I mean, the, these are two, the Flames more or less in the, in the public eye, but these are two potential Stanley Cup contending teams going against each other. It's early. It's, you know, game four for us, game three for the Flames. But it's going to be a lot of fun seeing where the teams are at. Cassidy mentions a lot of time. I noticed um, in a lot of his press conferences, he does mention this is a good test to see where we're at. This is a good test to see where we're at. He mentioned the preseason, just kind of get a temperature check to see where we're at with um, certain systems and formulas and things like that. And then he did mention to play against um, to play against playoff teams to see where we're at. Uh, the Kings, obviously, the Kings are not where we're at right now. We've learned that about the Kings start to the season, but the Flames are 2-0. and They've scored uh, nine goals through those couple of games. You know they're going to score. And can they defend is the question. I'll still say if we're going to just check off some boxes as far as um, which side has the um, the upward, upper hand, so to speak, our defense. Our defense, I think, is the biggest intangible that gives us a strength, not just over the Flames, but against many, many, many teams in all of the NHL. So this is, uh, let's use the DeBoer. Let's find a way to get three goals tonight and hold three them goals. to two. Let's get, <laughs> our, right. let's get our three hold them to two and uh, let's get out of Calgary with a three or two win. And then we got to get that trap game against Winnipeg on Thursday. A couple of uh, things to notice uh, with this Calgary team, uh, the second line right winger, Andrew Maggiapani, uh, he was out with the, what they call the tweak. I know we have upper body, lower body. Now we have a tweak uh, during the preseason, but he is back in that lineup. And then uh, there's some strange goings on with uh, Oliver uh, Killington who had some uh, some issues with drugs in the past, right? And uh, now he is out with a personal issue. He needs personal time. And so they're probably going to put him on the LTIR. So those are a couple of things with this uh, Calgary team that are happening. And uh, we'll keep an eye out tonight on Mangiapani and see if he has any tweaks. But he always seems to be one of those VGK killers because if he weren't, we wouldn't be able to pronounce his name, of course. So Jacob Markstrom against Logan Thompson. Um, you talked about uh, goaltending, and so far, Bruce Cassidy, through the first three games, seems to be relatively pleased with the way the goalies have been playing. Uh, how do you see this matchup going, Chris? Um, I mean, I'm going to focus more on the LT side right now, and LT needs to do what LT needs to do, and that is uh, a Mark Burley-type outing, folks. If you don't recall how I alluded to um, how I, I drew that comparison, Mark Burley, former Chicago White Sox ace, uh, perfect game and a no-hitter as well from what I recall. He would go out there and chew up, you know, six and a thirds inning, you know, seven innings, seven-plus innings, but always good for three or four runs, always good for three or four runs, but – Every time he goes out there, he gives the team a chance to win. And that's the most important thing about LT. It'll be nice if he can start stealing some games throughout the season. And I think we will call on him to do that more times than, than not as the season progresses. But for now, LT just simply needs to make his layups out there. 
make sure he uh, doesn't give Cassidy some ammo to say, uh, you know, to go back on, he made all the saves he should have made and we haven't given up any soft goals yet. That's the most important thing. That is the most important thing. You can have a good goaltending performance against the Flames and give up four goals. They are that good of an offensive juggernaut. They can score on all four of their lines. They're going to they're gonna put heavy pressure on Logan in front of the net. And this is a spot where we were concerned last year, Tony. How many games did we watch where they would show that overhead camera over the crease? You have a VGK goalie. You have an opposing player. And you have nobody else around no one, no him. You one have absolutely sight. no one else around him. You know yeah, uh, so Luchik, true. he's going to be in someone's grill tonight right in the front of the net. Uh, Haig, McNabb, Petro. That could be Theodore. Theodore is going to just get pushed right off like a rag doll. But, you know, Martinez, they need to go out there and keep the front of the net clear and uh, force him to score from the outside. That's a big, uh, that's another thing that Cassidy did mention in his presser as well. Keep it to the outside. Keep the play to the outside. Stop those passes from going through the middle and things like that. And just find a way to disrupt the Flames' speed through the neutral zone because they got a lot of skill. And this is where that system that we keep hearing a lot about the system isn't to put as much pressure on as we used to, but it is to make sure we are not allowing those stretch passes, not allowing those odd man rushes. Because if you do get uh, any of their top nine coming at you two on one, they're going to have a quality scoring chance more times than not. Would you say, I know I like your baseball analogies always. Would you say that Phil Castle is the Wilbur Wood of EGK? All right, Tony, I'm, 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 uh, I'm going to, going to very shamefully uh, ask for more meaning of what you say about Wilbur Wood, please. The knuckleball pitcher, right? Maybe. I don't know. You just said Tim Wakefield. A Tim guy Wakefield. That, I think we're at least a decade a guy, and a half apart. If a you guy, just said Tim Wakefield, I would have been much that, better I, with that. What I'm trying to tie in your, your Chicago White Sox, okay? And a guy that pitched like well into like his 60s, I think, or whatever. Anyway, Charlie Huff, maybe Charlie Huff. Charlie Huff. Okay, we'll go with Charlie Huff. <laughs> I see what you're saying, Tony. That, that That's fun. And and Kessel's only, he's only, what, 37? He's fine. I know. He's fine. And and VGK, you talked about them being old, and I think I saw something where they're, remember, they were like a, a young group when they first started six years ago, <laughs> but of course they've aged a little bit, and now I think they're in the 28-29 uh, year average, you know, in the league, and they're probably um, probably in the top 10, I think, still, you know, as far as age is concerned, but. Keep talking yeah, for 30 seconds. Keep talking. Make no, up. Well, we'll, we'll talk about it when we return here. We're up against the clock. Stay with us coming up next. Uh, Chris is doing some research. We plan out the show so well in advance. <laughs> Our predictions for tonight's game coming okay, your way Google, next. Who is the oldest team? <laughs> oh, boy. We'll be back with more right after this. Locked on Golden Knights. Thanks for making Locked On Golden Knights your first listen today. Now make your second listen. Game to game. Game to game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL. Available on the Odyssey app. YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back, Tony Pernasco. Chris Golick from Las Vegas. And uh, don't you have Siri in that house? Uh, I mean, maybe you can ask Siri. Uh, 27.8 as of uh, okay. October I, 10th. and that I said 28.29, yes. That puts us in about the top of the bottom third oh. as far as total age. And the Flames, who we're playing tonight, 
are actually a tiny bit older than we They're are. They're older, so I would imagine. Older, that was interesting. Yeah. That was fun. So, so Cal Gary has lost seven of the last night. You didn't like my man, Wilbur Wood. I thought I, I was liked it. I just wasn't on the ball. I forgot about Wilbur Wood. Charlie <laughs> okay. Huff, Tim Wakefields. That's that's the way to go. Cal Gary has lost seven of the last nine against VGK. Against some of the keys in tonight's game, you talked about defense. Uh, VGK has to defend against the rush. I think that's going to be important. Again, uh, on offense, men and sticks, not twigs, in front of the net. And then also, same thing defensively, and keep Calgary out of the blue paint area. And they're going to have to rough it up a little bit. They're going to have to play a pretty physical game. What are some of your keys for tonight's game? I think you hit everything, Tony, and just a walk down VGK memory lane. Um, This just triggered a memory there. So I think it was the first time VGK went to Calgary, and they were down two goals late in the game and had just a remarkable comeback and actually won the game in regulation. And that was just some of that season one magic. When you think back to all the amazing things that happened, that game was uh, one of the games that was probably, as far as comebacks go, probably a top three type game. So the VGK is comfortable playing in uh, that weird barn named after a horse up in Calgary. Uh, you got to watch out. I hope uh, there's not so much dust up there when the Flames score and they do all the pyrotechnics. They don't uh, set something ablaze. But um, fight fire with fire, no pun intended, is probably an important step to go with here. Uh, we have to match their their scoring chances. We have to continue to have that pressure because that's where you build momentum. The Flames will come at you in waves such as the Avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning and teams of that nature who just have three skill lines and then a heavy fourth line that is also going to put offensive pressure on you. So it's going to be, I think at the end of the day, right, maybe the comparison for tomorrow's show is, Line one versus line one, who was better? Line two versus line two. We kind of break it down like that. And back to the game to game uh, that you mentioned, Tony, that's kind of a fun little thing that um, that I handle for the most part on, on our side here for the show. I do just it, the game to game. It's a short 30, 45, 60 second video that each locked on pod, if you will, does a quick report on the game. But I usually do mine from a fun place. So the first one I did was from the ice level at Lifeguard Arena because I was working that night. The second one I did was actually right after um, the victory. I did it while I was walking through the the plaza at T-Mobile. And tonight I'm actually back on the ice again late, so I'll probably record it between games with the the Zamboni behind me wearing my helmet and stuff like that. So Can you get on the Zamboni maybe and do one of these? I'm looking forward to that. Would that be pretty fun? I think I'm going to get my kid on the ice at at Henderson pretty soon for uh, to be one of the anthem buddies, so that'll be pretty fun, but we'll talk about that later. Okay, and uh, just a couple of notes, uh, transactions for VGK. Uh, Our finals, my final, 5-4 Flames. How about you? I don't think we've predicted VGK to win a game yet, Tony. I think people are going to start getting mad at us. Okay, then just um, bet the over. Then just bet the over. I want a weird 7-4 Vegas Golden Knights victory where Cassidy isn't happy with how the team performed as far as weak goals. If you want to keep this winning streak going, you have to say Cal Gary's going to win, okay? Uh, okay, we have a couple of transactions. Defenseman Danil like Marimanov assigned to Henderson. I like that one. Silver Knights. But Isaiah Seville is headed to the ECHL Savannah Ghost Pirates. Michael Hutchinson. Hutch kind of cleared the way there uh, for Seville to be demoted to the ECHL. That's a demotion, right? So, yes, but no. So we, we got just a minute here to, to hit this here. But first of all, Marimanov. 
beloved player, someone who I think would have competed for that seventh defenseman spot on the VGK side had um, had uh, the Nick Hague situation not played out the way it did. Nice to see Muramanov back. Love him with the fans. And I actually might have an inside line for us to get a chat with him one of these days, but we'll uh, we'll talk about that another time. But I do not like Seville going down to the Ghost Pirates. I feel that he is an AHL goalie and ready to learn at the AHL level. This also farther, just one of our many conspiracy theories that we have or I have, with Hutchinson, Hutchinson being a, a VGK, HSK, whatever, I think is because they honestly maybe did not know about Robin Leonard's situation. The only reason you signed Hutchinson at that point was to just kind of shore up an additional spot. Unfortunately, now we got to get Aiden Hill on the roster. And now you have this goalie juggernaut at the NHL level, which is what ultimately pushed um, Seville down to the ghost pirates. I think his, I think it's going to slow it down his, um, his development a little bit. I mean, maybe he'll play every game down there, which will help. But I think uh, Seville needs to be at the AHL level developing. Hutchinson, for lack of a better term, we, I watched him up close on Saturday, looked like a beer league goalie going post to post on his knees, just trying to cover the net. I felt he was slow. I did not see him as an AHL goalie, and I definitely don't see him as an AHL goalie right now. Interesting. Okay, we'll keep our eyes on uh, what happens there between the pipes with the Silver Knights, and uh, best of luck to uh, Seville down there. Uh, in the minor leagues back. in the ECHL. He'll be back. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We appreciate you tuning in. Now make your second listen. Locked on NHL. Locked on experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked on NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Coming up on tomorrow's show, a recap of VGK Calgary. For my man, Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked On Golden Knights.